this. And I just want to ask you in before, are you familiar with the whole concept of story building? Of course you are. Of course. Oh, yeah. Story oh, yeah. building. Story yeah. Story. That's oh, what I do on a daily basis. I can't believe I just asked that. But, however, it's... it's Yep, that's the kind of question that you ask to make a complete idiot out of yourself on your podcast. Yeah, that's what I asked Chi, who is a comic book veteran with more than 30 years of experience working with some of the biggest names in the business, including Marvel, DC, Archie's, you name it, he's done work with them. And he's even done an episode on this very podcast he is featured in the panel of speakers who talk about the storytelling your secret superpower episode in this very podcast and that's what i um we me and she talk a lot on clubhouse we have random conversations about story building how the mcu is developing how dcu is going with its business you know all that shit and this is just one of those random conversations i i, I came across this uh, youtube clip about the concept of of a uh, story world so that's what i'm going to be playing next that the link to that youtube episode is given in the description it's from the channel film courage which is a fascinating channel to watch for anyone who's interested in the inner workings of the entertainment business or especially storytelling uh it's 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 a fascinating channel i i'm subscribed to it and i would encourage everyone to do so so the link to this particular episode is given in the description uh and i just wanted to know what chi's perspective on that concept was the concept of story building and how it works in different formats of entertainment so enjoy the episode folks so when we're talking about story worlds we, we need to separate stories from story worlds so story worlds are places and stories are things that happen in those places and so a lot of what what i found a lot of people they they don't understand what a story world is uh i I, you know some people say well my my story world is my you know characters coming of age sexuality or whatever that's not a story world that's some like a character arc a story world literally is a geographical place it's 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 uh it you know, we we understand the story of of Lord of the Rings and Frodo and the Ring and the journey to destroy the Ring, but the uh, the the story world is Middle Earth. So Neo's story is is in the Matrix is about his adventure with with Morpheus and taking down the Matrix and against the machines and Agent Smith and all that stuff. But the story world of the Matrix is a futuristic Earth that's been taken over by machines uh, and they use people as batteries in a VR environment. So story worlds are places, and that's what you have to understand. But it's not just any place. It's any place that is interesting. It has to be interesting by itself. And so most people, when they, when they develop content, they develop uh, scripts or, or TV for, uh, or features or books, the most interesting things they have are their characters and their plots, and then they relegate story world to setting. As just setting is just simply where my story takes place. But just because you have a setting doesn't necessarily mean you have a story world. 
a story world is a setting that has independent interest. So it's interest that's independent of any character, independent of any story. So my rule of thumb is, can you take your main character, your protagonist, your hero, can you take them out of the story world and have your story world still be interesting, right? Uh, can you take the story out of the story world and still have it be interesting? So I can right now take Luke Skywalker out of Star Wars and the Star Wars Galaxy, still interesting. I can take Frodo out of Middle Earth, Middle Earth, Middle Earth is still interesting. I can take Baymax out of uh, Big Hero 6 and San Francisco, still interesting, right? Uh, but can you take Rocky out of Rocky? It's a different calculation, right? Because you think, well, they're doing that with Creed. Well, Creed still has Rocky. But I mean, it's, it's, if we take Rocky out of Rocky, then we have Philadelphia, which is the setting, but there's nothing independently interesting about Philadelphia. No offense to Philadelphia. Right. So, but, but the interest of Rocky comes through Rocky and Creed and the characters, but the place itself isn't interesting. You look at something like Gotham with Batman, you can take Batman out of Gotham and you can have a whole TV show about it. Right. Because the place in and of itself is super interesting. And when you have an interesting setting that creates your story world, you now, you now have story potential. And so you will never, any creator, any, any writer, any director, any filmmaker, they will never truly understand the revenue potential of their brand or their IP unless they actually understand their story world. Story worlds create story potential. Story potential creates revenue potential. And, and so, and then revenue potential makes buyers happy. They make, you know, the investors happy. They make us happy, the, the, the creators happy. They make everybody happy. And so, but if you don't understand, So, like, it works for, like, a superhero franchise and stuff like that. But does it work in a drama where, you know, it's mostly character-driven? So I just wanted to take, have your take on this, Chief. Sure. Well, what's interesting is I think in a superhero setting, uh, it is. I always think that's a bare minimum um, story world because most superhero setting reflects the real world. And the only thing that makes them a little bit more fantastic is, is the fact that people have powers in there and their science technology are a little bit more further advanced than where we are. And of course, they're including inclusion of aliens and, and beings from another dimension. Uh, but yet, it, but if you look at the way they set up either, either in um, you know the DC comic world or the Marvel comic world, the way people dress and behave and even live and go about is very much similar to what's going on in real life. So I always think that's a bare minimum one. Um, when you say drama, I think that's interesting. I think that has to be based upon um, what type of drama you want to do. I think if you, you can say uh, Game of Thrones is a drama, but yet it is also a fantasy that's set within a, a world filled with dragons. And, and lore and myth, you know myth, mythical creatures and weird things that happens all the time yeah so i think that makes it very interesting that yes i think you can set drama but like say uh, say something like that, uh something like say like a city urban uh, have you watched uh, like the succession there's a series no i've i've not seen that yet yeah. maybe you can tell it's, me a little bit about it it's kind of like uh, 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 the setting is of like this powerful family which has this huge business. They're they're focused on media. They're a big media 
you know, mogul. Uh, he's the father, and he has like sons and daughters who like are trying to, you know, get get to his place. But he's not sure. killing them. You know, he's a total bitch. Okay. I mean, he's a total asshole. And the kind of situations that go, which is completely character-driven. But yeah, there is a world. I guess that. But yes, well. Forward, Absolutely. I think when you mentioned that, the first other drama uh, movie that comes, drama series that comes to mind, is uh, the Godfather series. You know, that's definitely yeah, a drama set exactly. in the real world. Yeah, in New York, Manhattan, but yet it deals with sort of the the mafia underworld, the gangster type of lifestyle, and that itself, I think, even if you you don't focus on, um, you know, the character played by by Al Pacino um, or even Marlon Brando, I think it's still vastly interesting because um, I think originally when if they were planning on doing Godfather 4 I know it was going to be passed on to the character Andy Garcia so you're not dealing with Michael Corleone anymore you're dealing with a totally different character and that story can be carried on and you want to see how the overall um, I think the family structure will continue under a different, different um, person and also how gangsters deal with politics and uh, you know their, their way of li- you know, living and business can be portrayed too so yes i think drama can achieve that as well um but it but that's that's different because godfather is a series so we we saw how it can progress further and further um in a timeline with multiple characters but if you say want to do a, a single character drama it's a little hard to grasp the world i think most of the time they focus mostly mostly on the character or characters yeah but don't isn't but i i kind of get the like it's true what you're saying i get what you're saying but in in the movie or the series that was displayed or that's in action in, in that specific movie, isn't the whole story driven by the dynamics of the characters? I mean, sure, it's an interesting word, but would it would it still be the same if the characters? Because what this guy is is saying is like uh, the characters are irrelevant. You can, they're not important so that's kind of disturbing to me like because then, then you have to like funnel their thought process into building the world and not give much thought into what the characters feel like because in especially drama the, I mean, the whole dynamics is how the character thinks and it's he has he or she has to be kind of uh, what do you say unpredictable uh, but you got, you got to have a pattern of how his brain works so there has to be a pattern, and to make it interesting, you have to put the pattern at the same time. So isn't that like kind of a whole character-centric thing? Is is what I felt. Uh, yes, I think so. It, it's interesting because when we, you know, just based on what we heard about a story, well, the weird part is I think that's a much more modern way of describing, uh, you know, a new type of. Um, way to sell storytelling i mean story world has existed for a long time but it just it seems like now we're able to package it and market it in a very specific way to maybe investors or even to um our consumers and uh, audience and viewers yeah. but yes i think it's an easy great sell um but i don't think george lucas started writing star wars based on the fact that he wants to create a world i think that's part of it but I think he wants to say, okay, I want to tell a character that goes on an adventure. It is set in space and it's in a different alien setting with you know monsters and all sorts of fantastic technology. But part of it was that he was creating it based on the fact that he himself was very much interested in visual 
uh, visual effects, you know, how that can add to storytelling. And at the time, the technology allowed it to happen. So I don't think it's quite as simple as just to say, okay, all these great properties we know came mainly from the fact that the world was created first. I think we, we reached that point where I think a lot, we focus more on this, the world now um, as sort of a selling gimmick than, okay, can we still tell a good story begin, to begin with? So it happens within this world and both aspects are equally interesting. I think that's the, the thing a lot of people have to think about if they want to create this type of storytelling. And uh, what about like uh, what about the new movie franchise uh, episodes or sequels that are coming up? What 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 ex- is are you excited by the Matrix resurrection that's coming out? And what excites you about if it does? Is it the character or the or how the world will evolve? Well, I think that's a very good question. I think to a degree, I have some interest. You know, I'm always interested in what Hollywood is pumping out as their latest movie, you know, especially in, in terms of a sequel or franchise. And of course, The Matrix falls right squarely into that. Um, I think I think it happens on both levels. I, yes, I'm interested in the character. Why is Neo suddenly, you know, it, again, appearing in this world? Of course, he's played by an older Keanu Reeves that reflected in the story. So you have to, you're curious to say, Okay, where is this character now? He's definitely older in the way he's, he's seeing in, in the visuals. So what kind of journey are you take him on? So yes, there's that character aspect. And of course you want to say, okay, what are they going to add new or do something interesting with the Matrix now? Because it has to be different. Just, I think, purely based on where our understanding of um, technology internet is, you know, since where the last trilogy has left off. Um, so I think there's 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 a you know um, you know parallel interest happening at the same time, but I think mostly as an audience you're probably going to be interested more in the character first, and then comes the world because you know it is the same character, same actor that's portraying the the role. If let's say this movie they focus on a brand new actor that's no longer Keanu Reeves and we don't see any familiar um, you know uh, you know sort of the character representation anymore. I think then the, the, the story war itself has to be more important to sell the audience the idea that you want to go see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But to me, from what I saw from the, from the ad, uh, I mean, or from the, you know, from, from what they showed, uh, is like there's they've just reset the whole the whole world, and they've just placed, you know, an older Neo, uh, an older. Uh, the lead uh, Trinity. Trinity. Yeah, Trinity. Trinity. Uh, an older Trinity and an older Neo, and they've just reset all the other characters. Like Priyanka Chopra, for, just it's just a glimpse, but she kind of gives off the whiff of like an Oracle-ish character. Right. And then there's a Niobish right. character who's like there, who's played by this Asian uh, actors, and um, and then of course there's Morpheus. Who's completely reset? Right. And <laughs> totally different actor. Think, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. So it it looks like that they've reset. Oh, like Neo is again back to oh I'm a, I'm a lost puppy. I don't know where I am. I but I sense something, and I want to find something. And then there are people guiding him again. You know, it kind of. But yeah, that's what set the original 
such you know so much apart from everything that was happening at the time so i'm interested definitely and in and, I, and it's definitely the characters it's definitely the characters and the world equally actually so it's kind of a uh, tough to say in this uh pref- i mean in this uh context which is more interesting but yeah that's how it is and that's how it gets sold like well let let me talk about another example then which which has a very clear story world that no longer has the original character would be the Harry Potter series continuing Fantastic Beast. Oh. Um and it's one right that's definitely a very yeah, yeah, very yeah. clear one. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting I think about that is I think the initial initial interest in that was very very strong. I mean I definitely want to see the first and second one the theater when it came out. And you go see it because you know it's a Harry Potter franchise that carried off and continued this world. And as none of the original characters except um you know Dumbledore would be one of them of course he's a much younger guy now. Uh so you might as well say it's a totally different character than the previous one you know of. Um but then what's interesting you did see how there was strong interest in the first one then quickly the interest dropped off in the second one because the characters I think the problem comes from the fact that the characters was not as well portrayed or handled as the original Harry Potter series. Um and It's not like they couldn't do it because the first movie did generate a lot of, you know, box office sales and, you know, definitely the original Harry Potter fans went to see it. But there's definitely a sharp decline in the second one and it seems like they don't even know when the third one may be out at this point. Um so I think that that's very interesting too. Your your story world they definitely focused on the world building aspects. You saw a lot more weirder stuff. They brought it to America, it's no longer England. But yet the interest did drop off when they can't manage the characters. Let's let's then now talk about like how your story a world process was going about when you did Captain China. How did you uh, did it start obviously it did start with the captain the character or and how did you did you consciously create a world around him and the character? Uh yes, I think it was Captain Jane was kind of an interesting process because I definitely have the 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 name first and I have to figure out what is this character about. I mean, early on I've, I've mentioned before in in another one of our conversations that I originally want to take it on as a parody. Um uh, but then later on I decided to go with a more real realistic and serious take on a superhero character. But if I went with the parody idea, the story would be a parody world too, and I think there would be a more satirical aspect in how to portray the world um setting because because a superhero world like I said before, it is a bare minimum story world. Kind of like the way I think if you went with a a, a parody way or satirical way, it would have been much more like the way the world is portrayed in the Team America movie. Well yes, it is, some, you know, it is the world that we see. They go to Paris, they go to America, they go to um, you know, North Korea, but it is a hyper real, you know, a hyper realistic um, you know, and everything is 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 point of what done for the fact of comedic effect and to even have a commentary on the situation. And that's what Captain China would have been if I went in the parody route. But yet because I went for the realistic route, I I the it it did build into what this character is going to become as well. 
um, and part of the creation process was first to uh, say, okay. So, so, so one, one second, I was I just want to ask the, the whole satirical aspect. Is this was this an afterthought that you that you had later, or was this something that you were considering at the time when you were trying to create? Okay, very early on, it was going to be a parody because I think it would have been fun. Oh, okay. To to go with the idea of what if you know because we always hear the Superman catchphrase, "Truth, justice, the American way," and I always thought, what would it be like if we go with truth, justice, the communist way, and I and that would have set the tone for the entire type of story I wanted to tell, and that would have definitely be a parody, and so you're using sort of sort of the idea of okay, um, what if you know we have a character that was no longer fighting for the truth, justice, the American way like most superhero do. But the logic is kind of almost flipped on its head when it goes when when it's now set in China, and that was kind of the the very initial thought of Captain China. But the problem that I realized very early on is that when you do a parody book or property of any type, it kind of you only have one shot to do it, and that's a one-off property, and then it's done. Kind of like Team America, they did it. They really can't continue that that much anymore. Uh, due to, of course, the effort that that involves in making that type of puppet movie, but yet at the same time, as we already commented on the socio-political situation at the time of America and the rest of the world, how soon can we do it again and keep it just as interesting as fun for for the audience? And I think that was kind of what I realized with Captain China was that if I were going to go the parody route. It, the only thing that you you could get people to get an initial sort of kick out of is that oh look it's kind of the Superman idea, now it's in a communist setting and it's kind of funny and that's it that's where it kind of yeah it puts you in a it puts you in a spot as to, but you know I think there's always potential uh, for you to reset the whole the world and, and just build it but yeah. I see. It takes a lot of effort and time. I mean, then th- I think the other problem is if you're going the comedic parody route, your focus now is more than character advancement and story and, and background and, and the world itself. It has to be focused more on how can I deliver the next punchline, and that's a much shorter way of developing um, a series. That's why、mm. if you run all the jokes about communism versus America, you know, capitalism. That's the end of that. There's no more you can go after that. If you played out all the scenarios at the time period, can... interesting. So when you when you did the did the comic book, were you like thinking about、uh, marketing it as a movie and building it as a franchise and moving on with different formats of it? Did you have that? In mind? Oh yes, definitely. Once I decide to go with. More of the realistic take, or a real, a real superhero take on the character.、Uh, the, I think very early on, I say, okay, if I want to portray Captain China and make it a believable, but this was like in the eighties,、uh, late eighties, right? No, no, no. This was、uh, Captain China. Really came to me. The, the the idea really came to me in the in the mid two thousands after oh okay、uh, okay, okay yeah okay. after yeah after we kind of have a a already a rise in the interest in superhero and mainstream me in the mainstream media where yeah already have Spider Man came out in the first Daredevil movie and even the X Men franchise、um, and and I know the the Marvel MCU was coming too because you know I work in the industry so a lot of people you know you hear that stuff you know. Kind of okay, so you were you were there you were there in in Marvel when when you had the idea of Captain China. 
No, no, no. I definitely, definitely didn't. Because um, okay. one interesting thing was I wasn't really interested in doing anything superhero property-wise when I was in Marvel Comics. Uh, mainly because I used to believe everything that that was done already, you know, that un, that was done on the Suns already done for superhero property, and which is very true. Uh, superhero properties generally run on, on a specific set of formulas that they oh they kind of just repeat over and over with just different characters or updated, you know, social settings and all that kind of stuff. Um, so when I was there, it's like everything that can be done was done, and and. I really didn't have the idea for Captain China until I took my first trip uh, to China. I think around probably the you know 2005-2006. You know, my, I went with my mother because went to visit some distant relatives over there. That was the first time I saw China. I go, well, this is an interesting place. Mm -hmm. um, and and but that wasn't even the but that trip didn't even generate the name of Captain China. It came the second time I went right after the Beijing Olympics and then it was kind of seeing little you know vendors at the at sort of little alleys selling pirated DVDs of American superhero films like Spider-Man and Batman and Superman that kind of go ooh they're interested in this kind of stuff maybe I can create something for it okay yeah uh, no I was saying like did you have uh did, did you have the plan way in, in your mind when you started off that this was the arc it was going to have, the characters? Or did you like develop, you know, like the villains or the archetype characters along the way as you wrote and the world itself? Well, I think once I set, decided I was going to make it a real superhero type of story setting, I think the first thing that comes to mind is... Um, that, because what it is is, it really reflected on my experience in China when I trip took a trip over there. The first initial thought when I got there was, this is not what I expected. China was not what I expected. A communist society that we kind of see through American media and television was not what it was when you actually got there. You know, uh, of course, I went there around 2005 for the first time, and then 2008, 2009 when China was really taking off after the, the you know, the, the Olympic Games. So you saw something very, very interesting was that there are a society that was um, kind of caught between the idea of still, you know, the old communist way of, of ruling, but yet there's capitalism, like, you know, very strong capitalist ideas and business. Well, that's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> right, right. But the thing is, that was when I said, this is so interesting. If I were just to do a, a original parody that, that I had in my head of what it should be, that would be a wrong portrayal of of what where China is. So I said, then let's make it a realistic superhero type of setting because it re has to reflect the real world. And I thought, boy, this will be super interesting to have a sort of American type superhero ideal now dropped in the world that's kind of playing tug of war between communism and capitalism. And that started the idea that snowballs to, okay, how can I tell a story like this? Who's involved, uh, you know, as in terms of um, not just the main character, but supporting characters, and who are the villains that has to be placed into this world to make it not just interesting to American audience, but also interesting to Chinese audience. So, so I took it on as a challenge to say, okay, how can I make this work and make it work so it's it's 
you know, it's fascinating for both sides to read and both sides can get something out of it. And because both sides' understanding of, of storytelling and characters and even how what the superhero property is, is drastically different, uh, the execution has to, you always have to walk a fine line between, okay, when I do this scenario, the American audience will take it one way, but yet the Chinese audience in China will probably think something else in their head. And that was kind of, and that kind of made it fun and say, well, I definitely want to give it a shot to create something that has some real value in, in terms of a kind of, you know, that may sound ridiculous called Captain. So it, you, it did sound comical to you at the time when you said, okay, we're doing Captain China, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Because, and in, in the, the beginning chapters was when I, when I read through the story, it was like, oh my God, you are actually mimicking because, you know, the dude is actually going into, you know, the cryo sleep thing and he's coming back and he's seeing a different whole, different world from, from when he was before and, you know, he's like confused and, uh, you know, angry and all that stuff. It totally reflects what Captain China Right, there, there, that is sort of the parody aspect of To a Captain America. But yet, I use that as a, a way sort of to make Captain China a surrogate for the American audience because he just woke up in a sort of a brand new world setting. He's not sure what's happening. So I get that, so I get to use them as a chance to tell the American audience and say, okay, you can follow this character now and, and his thoughts and idea where he's, he's waking up an alien sort of an alien world now where there's capitalism around um and the, and the people that surrounds him are definitely not what he was who would be used to sort of like a shock to the system to him but maybe a shock to the system to the to the american audience as well and that was why he was used and portrayed that way that yes it's a parody but at the same time it, he works as a storyteller Great. So, do do you uh, still feel that right now, uh, in, in the current scenario that Hollywood is in, the franchise system has been going on for like, yeah, it has been going on forever. But there's this new revived theme of franchises uh, being renewed, and you still uh, is it easier to sell? like an existing franchise that's getting revamped rather than having a whole new you know setup a whole new world uh to start from scratch which do you think is is an easier setup? i think i think it's a uh, double-edged sword to be honest you know i think yes you, to you can sell the idea to an audience much easier to say we have a new star wars you know, movie coming out and, and this is going to be in the Star Wars world. And of course, at the same time, it's easier for investors to jump in on the venture because they, they're familiar with the name and the title. But it also comes with the baggage of there is the original Star Wars movie. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that's plaguing the Star Wars franchise itself, that no matter what you do right now, it's going to be compared to the original one. And makes it very hard for the audience who are familiar with the original to accept something new. Um, so then you really have to be good in executing your new characters in this familiar world. Otherwise, I think things can fall apart far more easily for, for the, the audience to, to be receptive of. It wasn't, but wasn't like uh, when, they, when you create a film franchise out of a comic book, wouldn't the, like, I think initially there was a whole 
uh, rift between you know the diehard comic fans and no this is not the way it was supposed to be he was like wearing a blue uh, overall and you know this is not right that he doesn't go through this uh, wormhole he was actually you know all that kind of detailing they catch on to and they're like they're used to the story they they're like so set into the story that when they see the movie they're like people betrayed or something so it's like a betrayal of the comic book fans but that didn't happen for for very long right did they uh, marvel actually uh, I think that's still happening in movies, oh. these Marvel movies right now. I think there's always going to be what this is what I'm familiar with, because they definitely want the fans, you know, as, as part of the, the box office. But yet, at the same time, they know they have to alter and adjust things. Sometimes just to make it easier to explain to someone who, who's never been, been, you know, familiar or even associated with a Marvel comic book world setting. To kind of make things work, and I understand it's a fine line they work on. And for the most part, I think when a movie's successful, it is because it, it was it was it was able to work that that walk walk that fine line beautifully. Usually, when it falls apart and the audience is screaming, you know, and said this is wrong, is when they take it a little too far in adjusting. And I always think that the the DC um, Superman movie is definitely falls into one of that. The recent Man of Steel. Where they want to take Superman to a little bit more realistic way, you know, in a much more, more, you know, current setting, I guess, where Superman is not as simple as he used to be. You know, he broods a little bit more. He's he's a little bit troubled by the loss of his father, and all that kind of stuff. I think that's good storytelling ideas you put into it. But then you have many fans objecting to the fact that he killed General Zod at the end by breaking his neck. Um, and it's not like, and of course you have fans who argue saying Superman's killed before in the comic book. Yes, but then at the same time, the people who are really against that are audience who's only know Superman from the movie. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, but they handled it pretty well. I mean, and what's your take on on uh, on the Shang Chen integration into the Avengers universe? How did you? Uh, how did you like the movie? Well, first of all, I have to say I haven't seen the movie. Yep. What? <laughs> That's surprising. Well, first of all, I haven't gone through to see any movies in the theater um, since oh. the, the lockdown occurred. You know, the only one I went recently is is um, Doom, and that's because they got some free tickets for that. No, but uh, it's on Disney. Uh, I think yeah, Shang. Yeah, but I don't have Disney Plus. That's the other thing. Oh, I, I, I have Netflix, but I have Disney Plus, so I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've heard things about it, you know. And, and to be honest, I can answer your, I can still answer your question without too much problem. Uh, I think it's expected they're going to incorporate him to the, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but I think, uh, from what I'm able to observe, as I think the the interest in the MCU is cooling off rapidly. And that, and that really comes from the fact that they kind of achieved a, a high plateau in the last two Avengers movie between Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, I think and- the audience hit that. Yeah, the audience hit that climax, and I think that they felt like they 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 kind of they can kind they're satisfied, you know, or they just want to move on now. MCU has existed for ten years. Any time for a, a any movie franchise dominate for 10 years in the box office is very very long um so i think there's the interest is waning because they delivered a high note at the end 
and people and a lot of people just go okay i don't think i can be as as good as this and i think it is true in some sense so now they kind of it's almost like the weird part is they now have to rebuild the mcu again with these lesser properties such as m such as shang chi and the eternals and then some of the new properties they announced recently and you kind of go boy now you have to do this all over again maybe maybe achieve another height in 10 years but will the audience be so willing to, to give you that much time uh, you know again because we're also in a completely different world than it was um when the mcu first launched um so not not just in terms of you know lockdowns and we're kind of in a, in a covid kind of covid ongoing situation but also in a sense where um, the interest of superhero, I think, has been explored in so many aspects, in so many, so many different media now. Back then, you can only get, you know, a, a big-time superhero movie that is just as fun and interesting when you go to the movie theater. Now you go to streaming platforms, you have Amazon with the, the Boys, which is delivering that type of entertainment, you know, easily now. Netflix was trying there some of their own properties as well. Um, so, you know, and, and I know there's definitely other superhero properties still in development too that doesn't really have to hit the theaters anymore so I think that's another challenge that wasn't there you know about 10 years yeah it's it's kind of hard to you know come back from from what they did in Endgame I totally agree with what you're saying I mean I, I, mean, I was like what they were actually going to do this like with the whole Eternals and the whole you know they have a whole schedule lined up for the next couple of years and i I kind of like but i think it's it's the what they're looking for uh, is like for the audience to think okay what the hell are they going to do now you know (laughs) i mean they they can't possibly pull it off twice hey hi connor uh they can't pull it off twice but it's like okay what the fuck are they going to do now so I think that's that's what is going to uh, there. That's the emotion, or that's the tagline that they're going to be looking for the the, the Marvel universe. And uh, I'll give you a I'll give you a my view on on what Shai Chang felt like to me. It was basically like sure. it was basically like it was it was like uh, everything that I uh, kind of expected that it would be and it was like it it moved on it it moved along the lines of exactly what the storyline that i you know the the chinese guy in america he knows i was just like praying oh my god please don't let this be about just kung fu and that he knows how to fight well and he fights all the demons and he you know beats up the bad guy the big bad monster in the end and but you know it was entertaining but it was exactly that you know it followed the exact format uh but i can't you know you can't blame them because that's probably that's what the audience is looking for and but i just wish like there was a little more uh you know color or 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 you know something that sets the the traditional chinese american trump apart but it was like that you know he has a, he's afraid of his father yeah no, it's the same you know it's basically the same uh you know asian trump that like with the with the traditional values in set 
like he's afraid of his father he has to overcome the bad guys and he beats the big bad monster in the end and it was entertaining but it was i think it ran on set pieces the action was obviously uh, amazing and uh, you know it was it was based on a visual uh, thing there was nothing that surprised me or, or kind of took me like whoa that that was unexpected you know that the story didn't do anything for me but visually it was it was sure right toy um i think that is the problem of the the another reason why the interest has dropped off is they kind of like you said it was good but yet it was it, it was predictable um uh, marvel movies i think are are they run a formula and they're very safe movies you know you're not going to go go to uh, any mcu movie right i mean i mean i mean the jokes the, the way they they set the jokes you know you can actually they're like traditional marvel jokes okay. they cover in, in these beats you know okay now the jokes going to come up and it comes right yeah they do that cuz it it's definitely run a formula i mean you're never going to go go into one now and not and and see something like drastic violence that suddenly make go oh my god i didn't expect that um i think that's a problem too because when you look at the other sort of mature superhero movies they they do right now where they are allowed to blow somebody's head or real strong violence in terms of something like logan you know um i think the audience just needs to be be you know they need to have something a little bit more than a simple formula at this point cuz you've done it for 10 years and it's hard i think it's just harder and harder to re- redo the mcu again starting with shinchi and, and and externals i think they're making the effort you know but i think the the real question is will the audience interest come back to something yeah but when you think from their perspective you can't actually you know blame them when they've got so much at stake and that's it's just like okay i expected that and that's exactly what they're going to do so it'd be interesting if you know some some another studio obviously apart from Warner Brothers and the DC universe cuz we all know where that's heading it's i don't know what what's happening with the DC universe by the way i just completely uh, <laughs> disappointed well it's it's one of those things like we know what movies are coming out but we have no idea what going to do with it i think that's kind of the interesting thing about it which is funny because DC has all the, the great characters i mean Yeah, they have... yeah. Hey, by the way chi do you get like uh, like uh, ideas or people from outside like within uh, the MCU still about characters new characters hey could you do this chi could you do that chi is that happen um not so much oh, you can't talk really about it <laughs> anyhow if you could. no 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 no, no. I, mean, I, I can talk well i can talk about it. i'm not really that connected to marvel anymore i mean i was there as a freelancer in the 90 from the 90 to 2000 on some level yeah i'm still a freelancer they call call me to do work i'll do work for them but almost everybody i know at the time is no longer there there editorial anymore and and i know it's a different type of um sort of a, a business strategy they they aim for these days. We used to worry about selling comic books as real, you know, books. Now they they they're more they're more more or less developing new books and characters so they can be turned to movie franchises or other kind of merchandising. 
um, which I think is a great disservice to comic book itself because I always think if you can't sell the books on their own strength, it, that's going to be a trickle effect, trickle down effect to eventually af- affecting their their further movie storytelling capabilities too. And I think that's already starting to show a little bit now that they they kind of already drained you know drained everything they can from the older characters and some of the older storylines. They're mining some of the new stuff right now because the Shang-Chi right now is definitely based on the new or some of the newer Shang-Chi comic books we're putting out. So is the Eternals. And you can see the effect is just no longer there. Yeah, and I, I hope good stuff comes out, man. I mean, you know, like like I was saying, I, I was just hoping like, you know, some other studio comes up with a new, like, uh, you know, maybe, why not? Probably Marvel is going to come up with an Indian character pretty soon. I think they are in the works already. If Eternals has kind of, yeah, an Indian character who is kind of Bollywood-ish, painfully. <laughs> but, Bollywood-ish. But, Painfully, he, he is exactly the Bollywood character that everyone wants to see. And I wish something different would come up, some another Indian. Well, I don't know if an Indian studio is going to come up. But, you know, maybe some, you know, lots of Indians are there in the industry. Right, There's plenty right. of Indi- Indians. And they're going to look at that and say, no. <laughs> but, you know, we got to make some money, so what the fuck. So I guess that's, you know, that's the train we're going to have to take. So what can we do? Hi, Daniel. What's up? What is up? Do you have any Indian characters that we could manifest, Daniel, into like to save the MCU? I mean, save the Indians <laughs> from the MCU. All ideas are open. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we were talking about what was happening with the DC. What's happening with DC, Chi? Well, um, these these I think the biggest problem is they're not just their characters are conf- confusing to to the audience right now where. You know, a good example, you have the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, and then there's the Joker that they're still going to be using uh, starring yeah, Jared Leto. that is so complicated. I mean, that yeah, kind of... Yeah, that's confusing. To the, yeah, that's confusing to the audience. It also creates a confusing story world at the same time. And I think the audience don't like that. I think the audience says we want one Joker versus one Batman. But now there not only is the Jared... Jared Little Joker is still around. I heard they're they're bringing him back, um, which is yeah. Well, it's it, it's 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 strange, you know. So he's still around, and they may or may not do something with him. And then of course they're not only the new Flash movie. I think has maybe two Batman because you can have the Ben Affleck Batman, then the, even the old Michael Keaton Batman. Um, and then and then you have a new Batman movie coming out next year too. You know, a yeah, brand new Pattinson, Batman. Robert Pattinson, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that I think creates your brand confusion. And all three worlds exist. They're not really in the same world. And what the heck, you know? I don't think that I don't think they're even they don't even know what to do with the DC DC, you know, universe at this point. Um, and it's just a snowball of mess is possible. Yeah. We hope some new studio comes up and saves everyone well, <laughs> from these universes. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I think one of the good things is these super, you know, almost Titanic like, you know, MCU, DCU world starts crashing. Um, Hollywood may have to go, okay, we can't rely on these giant franchises anymore. They may actually go back to developing smaller original worlds again. And I think that would be far better. Um, I mean, 
when was the last time we get a movie that's original like the Ghostbuster which has its own characters and unique world setting same thing with Terminator same thing with the Predator and Aliens all those stuff happened in the 80s and they, they weren't associated to any you know any books or um, you know comic book adaptation and I really think Hollywood should go back to the strengths of something like that yeah totally are you are you like uh, uh, are you still going through comic book characters? I mean, do you read comics still? Are you in, still touch with, with well, comics? Only thing I read, only are thing I read right now are Japanese mangas. I read a little bit more than American. Ah, yeah, because I because a lot of them are much simpler. You know, I, I I don't have to commit to following three or four different books just to find out one storyline and then wait month and month just to see a conclusion that may be unsatisfying in, in most of our archive books now. Japanese manga are still very simple. A lot of them are episodic. You, you read a 20-page chapter, you go, okay, I like that. You know, maybe just a simple boy meets girl story. Great. You know, it, it doesn't hurt my head trying to follow it for a month to come. And I think that's something uh, American... Um, you know, comic book or even movies need to really, really think about something like that. One of the interesting thing about the MCU that I, I was having a discussion with with a fellow, you know, comic book, um, you know, pro, I think about a year ago, was that he's really in, into the fact that, and he's pushing for the fact that yes, this is they call it transmedia storytelling, where what happens in in the MCU movies can be continued now in the DC streaming. You know, uh, you know these shows, and they're they're background stories that can be told, you know, in that way. And then they're even like maybe you know short video content on the websites itself they can find that connects all these pieces together. And he's really into that, and he calls it transmedia storytelling. And my argument to him is, I say, okay, here's my problem: is the fact that when the first Iron Man came out, you know, way back around 2008 or so. You know, I could I could take my pastor who don't know anything about a a uh, anything with Marvel Universe or who Iron Man is or any of that stuff. Take him, he went to it, and it was his favorite movie that year. He couldn't wait to tell people about it at church. He may give a sermon. You're using Iron Man example at one point, um, and that I thought was kind of fun and exciting. And then I could take him to the sub subsequent movies like Thor and the first Captain America. And then eventually, when he saw, you know, the 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 first Avenger movie, he got really excited too. But then the problem is, it continues on now. Instead, now when you go to, you know, Ultron, you have to see all these other movies, you know, to to link up even just a fraction of the information. And then when you get to Civil War, I couldn't even take him to Civil War anymore. I go, okay, because he hasn't. I go, he hasn't seen Ant Man, so he wouldn't know who that character is showing up. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it, it's just starts, and he didn't, I don't know if he saw Iron Man 3 at the time too. So where that character is mentally is also fragmented from where he saw in the previous Iron Man movie appearance. And, and it just became harder and harder for me to bring friends into the MCU as they pulled further and further. Um, and eventually, when you now get to involving the streaming service, I would go, my God, I can't show it to anybody anymore unless they show <laughs> the right, unless they show them the entire MCU universe yeah. beforehand, you know, and then they can see what's going on. So I told them, this is the problem with transmedia storytelling is the fact that I cannot show some of these properties to my friends or family that has never seen this stuff before for the first time.
Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that is, and by the way, what do you think about how they made Aunt May hot all of a sudden? <laughs> well, that was interesting. My first initial reaction was saying, this is really awkward. But then I thought, right, it's true. You're like, okay, well, anime is played by Marissa Tomei now. Who, who of course, is she, she's definitely older than when she first came But she's out. hot. But she was hot. And they made, they made a point of that in the Spider-Man movies, too. But I heard their explanation. I kind of agree. They go, well, if you look at, we got a younger Peter Parker who's probably like 15, 16, 17 at the most in, in the MCU. Yeah. He goes, if she's his aunt, she should not look like a grandmother who's two generations <laughs> above. Yeah. So I go, okay, that's fine. You got a younger Parker. You got a younger Marissa Tomei. And and the, I think the good thing is they didn't play her too heavily in this in the story that that you know yeah. that that she was kind of just there sometimes she she was she was just hot you know that's it <laughs> yeah she was just there and they, they used her to tell some jokes so I go that's fine it, it, it it's more entertainment purpose now unlike the original MMA in the Tobey Maguire movie yeah with a big part she played a moral challenge. compass right she was a moral compass to a lot of what he was about. Yeah. Uh, and so you have a more motherly, older, grandmotherly visual. You can understand a little bit because she was very conservative. She even prayed, you know, at night before she go to bed. Um, so you can see he, she was a moral center to that world that was kind of spinning out of control with villains and all that kind of stuff. But they, but they didn't use her that way in the in the Marissa Tomei version. So I go, okay, whatever, that's fine. She's just a she's just a hot lady that's hit on by yeah. everybody, including Tony Stark and, <laughs> and the Happy Hogan. So that that's fine, whatever. You know, yeah. I, this I, this I this ad may this ad may is like, hey, you got another suit? Let's kick some ass. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but. Take what we just discussed and move a little further to what they're doing now in terms of the, the sort of the parallel universe, the multiverse concept. Oh, the multiverse. Right, Whoa. that's emerging in the, in the world building now, where now you, you, the next Spider movies, it seems like they're going to try to merge the Tobey Maguire movie along with Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and then portray it all That is one. crazy. Yes, and, and I think it's one of those things where either will do really well or it may confuse some people. So, you know, I mean, it comes out very, very soon, Christmas. So we'll know very quickly how, how the result of that is going to be. Um, but I think that's kind of interesting where back then movie studios would generate these, you know, like, like previous Spider-Man franchise. And then they would, they would, it would come to an end or they would abandon it and then just drop it and move on to another one. And now all of a sudden they, they're making efforts to say, let's make sure they're all, they all exist so we can get all the audience back and, and everybody oh, yeah. who likes Tobey Maguire will pay us money. All those generations, all those generations yeah. rolled into one. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's like it, so in terms of world building, it, it, I think it's just very strange that we're seeing them do that now. And of course, it's definitely a, a, a sort of money move to, to, to make sure that occurs. I think it plays very heavily into the fan nostalgia or fan service. Um, and we'll see how far they can push that before people go, you know what, I don't want that anymore. Yeah, it's funny because before the MCU, uh, Marvel's star, superstar character was Spider-Man. You know, right. Spider-Man holds the whole key. 
<laughs> and he was like pushed back all this while and it's yeah it's the strategy looks like you know he's he's going to be leading the pack they i think that was a conscious decision or kind of a strategy to move along those lines where spider-man is the new leader but then it's it's gonna get weird because he's always young you can't get him old and what do you do with that so i think the whole multiverse situation is gonna help you know solve that well i think it's just another way to to further build on your previous um intellectual properties the way how i would portray that you know so but that's kind of what it comes down to right now is that um, I think all all these world building storytelling, or even any kind of storytelling right now, is treated more along the line as how can we get more money out of this intellectual property. As opposed to back then, I think there really was a stronger sense of we want to tell a good story first, and then the money comes along. Now it's the money is needs to come first, and how can we get that money by telling by giving the people what they think they want. And, and I think that's very tricky. Yeah, it is. It totally is. Well, um, what what about um, what about the whole situation with the the other, you know, sub franchises that like you know the Guardians and and uh, you know there's uh, okay now we have parallel stuff like the Eternals, the the, the <clears throat> these guys, and uh, and and all these. Uh, Know, the Shai Chang, it's all going to be into one big metaverse. and But Spider-Man is still Sony property, technically, right? Right, right. I think so it's, it's interesting, interesting, yeah, in that sense. So it, it, what, if, what if Sony just decides to pull the plug completely again? Um, I think there's a chance of that, too. That would be so... Yeah, so who knows? It's, it's bizarre. Because uh, a lot of those are business tactics too behind the scenes. Sometimes they say oh, we're going to pull the plug, so now Disney will pay a little bit more to keep the, the property. Like I said, there's so much money involved in that. There, companies are already saying, "Hey, you know, let's really do something good and special for the fans." And then if the fans really like the stuff, we'll profit. Now it's more like the properties come first before we care about the fans. And it, and it's so obvious. And I think that's another reason why uh, uh, people are not coming back to some of these properties. You know, like the way they used to, because they can see through the sort of the, the the facade that this is more about a money making employee than really saying we want to give the fans what they want. They always say that in their in their press releases, but how many times do the fans really come out and say, "My God, that fully satisfied me" in a way I've never really. Absolutely, it's, it's exciting times. Let's hope this all moves forward. And provides us some state-of-the-art entertainment is all that we can hope for. Right, right. Yeah, and right. Chi, I think we're gonna have to wrap up. Uh, sure, room, sure. Ring, but it was, you know, I, I, I would love to, like, I love talking to you. You know that, and we could, we could do this for hours on end. I, would, <laughs> yeah, we definitely. should, we should like pick a spot, like, uh, you know, when you have a free day and just, you know fuck the podcast and just talk all day about this you know right. <laughs> but okay. right now i think that would be fun yeah we can do that yeah uh, it, it, just you know plan in advance let me know I, I come and join you doing one of these i think it's fun too because i but i can discuss this stuff wherever not just the mcu but just in terms in terms of just storytelling itself 
I have a I have a very strong interest in that one personally. Yeah. To be honest, we should we should talk talk about you know potential new characters uh, uh, and storyline ideas and I, I don't know just you know mm -hmm. brainstorm. I don't know right, right, what right, could right. come out. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. So let's thank do you, thank you, thank you so much, Chi. Thank you, Daniel, for joining in and listening to us so patiently. And Connor, my man, we will see you tomorrow. Right. We will all right. see you tomorrow and have some wine. Yes, yes. Oh, Bye, guys. Welcome. Bye, everyone. Have a great night. Yeah. Thank Sleep you. Well, thank you all. see you tomorrow. Definitely. Bye, have guys. A great day. You too. Yeah. Have, have a good day. Good night, folks. Yep, that's the kind of question that you ask to make a complete idiot out of yourself on your podcast. Yeah, that's what I asked Chi, who is a comic book veteran with more than 30 years of experience working with some of the biggest names in the business, including Marvel, DC, Archie's, you name it, he's done work with them. And he's even done an episode on this very podcast. He is featured in the panel of speakers who talk about the storytelling, your secret superpower episode in this very episode podcast and that's what i come to we me and she talk a lot on clubhouse we have random conversations about story building how the mcu is developing how dcu is going with its business you know all that shit and this is just one of those random conversations i i, I came across this uh, youtube clip about the concept of of uh, story world so that's what i'm going to be playing next that the link to that youtube episode is given in the description it's from the channel film courage which is a fascinating channel to watch for anyone who's interested in the inner workings of the entertainment business or especially storytelling uh it's 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 a fascinating channel i i'm subscribed to it and i would encourage everyone to do so so the link to this particular episode is given in the description uh and i just wanted to know what Chi's perspective on that concept was the concept of story building and how it works in different formats of entertainment so enjoy the episode folks